Hello, and welcome to the Salisbury Pediatric Associate Health and Wellness Newsletter Audiocast. I am your host, Dr. M, and this is Volume 14, Issue Number 40. This corresponds with the week of September 18, 2023. This week, we're going to talk about the Maternal Microbiome Part 2, Mate Matching in Humans, and then a Recipe of the Week. The corresponding interview is with Dr. Peter Unger. It's podcast number 53. If you're interested, super interesting conversation. He is the uh, Distinguished Professor of Anthropology and the Director of Environmental Dynamics at the PhD program at the University of Arkansas. And we dive deep into the world of teeth, evolution, and our current state of existence as it relates to teeth in modern society. Super fun conversation, so go ahead and give it a listen. Okay, Section 1, Maternal Microbiome, Part 2. Continuing from the last newsletter, we have the data now that mom has a gut microbiome that directly seeds her baby's microbiome. This microbiome dictates human long-term and short-term health. Eating a diet loaded with fiber-based fruits, legumes, and vegetables will cause a highly diverse bacterial microbiome to exist, and this existence is correlated with a better long-term health. The standard American diet that many of us consume is not replete with healthy fibers from whole foods. It comes loaded with animal fats, refined and processed carbohydrates, and lots of processed oils. When a young woman consumes a high refined fat diet, the outcome of her microbiome is detrimental with less biodiversity and likely increased inflammation. The loss of microbial diversity is believed to be a part of the driving force in the rise of diseases of all types. Looking at pregnancy specifically, what is becoming clear now is that alterations in the maternal microbiome can alter the events of pregnancy, including the timing and normalcy of labor, as well as inflammation and glucose metabolism. Thus, increases in preterm births, birth complications, are believed to be related to the maternal diet and the maternal microbiome. Any alteration that can negatively affect a pregnancy and healthy birth is of profound interest to a mother. Remember how powerful the data is regarding fructose, the survival switch, and perinatal complications with the podcast number 50, where I interviewed Dr. Rick Johnson. There are many routes to human metabolic dysfunction via processed foods or poorly balanced food types. Since we know that the maternal microbiome directly affects a newborn's microbiome and in turn her health long-term, it seems imperative that we would look to mom and provide her with the tools to have a healthy microbiome. We know that mom's microbiome and her diet and the exposure to chemicals, drugs, are all primarily driving which way the microbiome will go in the future. Further research has shown us that the infant's microbiota at any time in infancy is most similar to the mother's microbiota during the first trimester, which is a reflection of her diet and environmental influences prior to conception, despite the fact that her microbiome changes dramatically over the 10 months of pregnancy toward a reduced biodiversity and metabolic storage weight gain pattern. The reasons behind this shift are still unknown, but thought to be related to energy storage in preparation for breastfeeding. Let me pause here to recap all this information. Mom's microbiome naturally changes in between stages of her pregnancy in order to maximize the storage of energy towards the latter stages, yet her baby's microbiome reflects her microbiome only in the first three months post-conception. That is amazing. Her gut microbiota are working for her to hold on to calories to prepare to have and subsequently feed a baby. But this caloric storage pattern is not passed on to her baby unless it exists in the first trimester. The dynamic changes of the human body during pregnancy are nothing short of miraculous. This change in microbes is very similar to the dynamic shifts that a mother's breast milk undergoes over the course of her first year. 
to suit the baby's growth and ever-changing needs. Looking further at this research brought up another interesting finding. The microbiota of the third trimester pregnant female is very similar to a patient with metabolic syndrome defined as a person with obesity, elevated blood sugar, high blood pressure, and abnormal lipids. Clearly, these microbes have the ability to enhance energy extraction and storage for divine events like starvation, pregnancy, and lactation. Again, this data mirrors the fructose metabolism story as fructose is an excellent mechanism for caloric storage in lean food times. This is a counterproductive species genetic reality in modern hypercaloric environments of liquid fructose and refined fructose-laden foods or heavily starch-based foods. I point this out because while these changes are highly beneficial for historical pregnancy or starvation, they are devastating for a child or adult that consumes a standard American high-fat refined carbohydrate diet. These energy extraction and storage systems evolved to perform in a normal whole foods world where food scarcity cycles existed and could harm a pregnancy. They did not evolve to deal with a persistent standard American diet that is highly processed and laden with fat and sugar. Let us prove whether it is the bugs that do the work. A research group looked at the effects of transferring intestinal microbes from the first and third trimesters of pregnancy into germ-free mice to assess the microbes' metabolic effects in a non-pregnant state. What they found was as follows. The transfer of specific gut microbiota to otherwise healthy germ-free wild-type mice is sufficient to induce symptoms of metabolic syndrome, which, in addition to inflammation, include reduced insulin sensitivity and excess weight gain. That comes to us from Corin et al., and that was published in the journal Cell. So this study, to me, proves that the microbes are necessary for the change in metabolism to a storage energy profile. You still need to have the inputs, but the microbes have a huge play involved in this. The earlier data showed us that the diet of humans drives the types and volume of resident bacteria in the gut prior to pregnancy. Therefore, if mother consumes a highly processed, high-fat, and sugar diet prior to pregnancy, we would see a change in her microbiota towards a dysfunctional pattern. When you couple this with the pregnant body's natural inclination to store energy as calories, we see the beginnings of a metabolic breakdown, the end result of which is increased pregnancy complications and the seeds of a newborn's microbiome to be dysfunctional out of the gate. So let's summarize one more time. Mothers have a gut microbiome that is dramatically affected by diet. If a diet is of high-quality whole foods with lots of whole fiber, her bacterial makeup will likely be diverse and associated with healthy outcomes to pregnancy. The child's gut microbiome reflects that of the mother during the first three months of pregnancy. Therefore, mom's diet has profound effects on her baby as well, which is one of the great reasons that I am heavily trying to get this information to the hands of mother-to-be, because then you're pre-predicting what could happen before the pregnancy state comes to pass. Section two, do you look for a mate that matches you or is this the opposite? The age-old story is that opposites attract but what does the new science actually say? From the journal Nature Human Behavior, we see, quote, positive correlations between mates can increase trait variation and prevalence, as well as bias estimates from genetically informed study designs. While past studies of similarity between human mating pa partners have largely found evidence of positive correlations, to our knowledge, no formal meta-analysis has examined human partner correlations across multiple categories or traits. Across analysis, political and religious attitudes, educational attainment, and sub-substance use traits showed the highest correlations, while psychological, that is psychiatric personality, and anthropometric traits generally yielded lower but positive correlations. 
we observed high levels of between sample heterogeneity for most meta-analyzed traits, probably because of both systematic differences between samples and true differences in partner correlations across populations. End quote. That comes just from Horowitz et al. 2023 in the Nature Human Behavior. So when we break this down, the study findings are in line with the anthropology of human behavior or psychology. Like accepts like more often in a tribal survival type of human history. It is baked into our genes that we want similarity for survival. Almost 90% of the 133 traits studied showed a positive correlation to likeness. With no surprise, politics, religion, intelligence were highly likely to be similar. This makes complete sense from a survival perspective as over the history of humanity to marry or couple with the opposite in these domains often would, poor, would end poorly in war, economic unhappiness, and religious persecution. Something we unfortunately see far too often. Recipe of the week, spaghetti squash scampi boats. This is something I love to do. Highly recommend it. Link to the recipe is in the newsletter. I love spaghetti squash. It's one of my favorites to mix with red sauce and meatballs. It started as a need as I went gluten-free. Ooh, boy, when I was 40, so 13 years ago. Now it's truly preferable to me over spaghetti, even the gluten-free type. The dish is absolutely loaded with fiber in a low-carbohydrate, calorie-rich dish. The shrimp are a great source of protein, potassium and zinc, garlic provides sulfur, and a lot of anti-cancer properties. And of course, there is a taste factor. Red sauce on, on top as a drizzle, something I like, or just a little more olive oil. Whatever you need, whatever you want, go for it. It's your choice, your food, your palate, your desires. Song of the Week, Superstition by Stevie Wonder, an old classic, but a goodie. All right, folks, that's it for this week. Hope you have a great day, and always hug those kids. The information provided in this podcast newsletter is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for advice and or treatment provided by your physician or other healthcare professional and is not to be used to diagnose or treat a health issue. It does not constitute the formation of a provider-patient relationship.